All right, so this is the second podcast of D, D, and D. Today we have Jay with us. Say hello. Hello. <laughs> oh, boy. So this is going to be pretty cool. Uh, so we have a really nice topic for us today. It's going to be men's mental health. Yeah, it's something that's been covered a lot in podcasts, but nobody like really goes in depth, at least not. Like the local man's point, of, the common man's point of view. Definitely. So, what's the first topic that we want to touch on? Ah, talk about depression. No, you guys oh. close yourself out and don't talk to nobody. Facts. Oh, uh, we can't. As a guy, like being exposed to our feelings like that is a sign of weakness. And since we always have like the responsibility roles, if people smell weakness, they're gonna panic. That's the first thing they do. Yeah. It's like if you tell somebody, hey, I don't got this, the first thing they do is kind of panic and shut the walls. I get it, but you guys shut yourself so much and then like you have like an explosion at that. I mean, I've been through that. I mean, like that the whole explosion part and it's, it's not the greatest thing. So that's why like I'm, I'm more open up now. But I think men, what we do is like, you see, you guys ever heard of Bill Burr, the comedian? He he says that, you know, men kind of, like, shove all these fucking feelings and yep. stuff like that till like, you're in your 40s and then you, like, explode. explode with some, like, racist stuff or, like, some crazy thing. It's true, like, 100%. Like, I don't think we we ever been taught to really open up of our feelings. I mean, especially in Spanish culture, we don't really have that luxury, I'd say. No, speaking about your feelings in the Hispanic household is especially uh, taboo. Taboo, because uh, it's just seen as absolute and total weakness. You don't want to yeah. expose yourself to that type of uh, feedback from the family. You know, most of the time growing up, you just get told, you know, man up and uh, deal with your problems. Yeah. Well, so I don't. I think they only mainly say that because they just don't know how to deal with like sadness. All they know is like, oh, it's a baby. Yeah, like, <laughs> that's true. It, it's it's weird, like it, you know, it's it's kind of like a toxic relationship to like feelings that Spanish people usually tend to have, because of the fact that if every if something's wrong, what do you do? You drink. Something's good. What do you do? You drink. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, <laughs> oh, it's just so ingrained into the culture. It's like, yeah, it's so ingrained. And it's like it's like I think. People pay attention too much about the, the sign of like what they call happiness usually for a culture is to have more coin, being more money or having, you know, women or having, you know, possessions like that's what it's supposed to make you happy. Not the simple fact that, you know, you, you we deal and we have to cope with a lot of things on a daily basis that a lot of people just go with you know, taking care of because, you know, essentially it's going to get better or whatever or People just don't even talk about or it. Or you just stop thinking about it. Exactly. So they tend to ignore things rather than work through them. And it usually doesn't lead to the best of mentalities down the line. Yeah. I know like with, um, with a lot of our family members, they only took action when it got to the absolute worst point. Of course. In any situation. Of course. Yes, that's what we do. It's <laughs> not abnormal. Yeah. It's like, it's like what we were talking like right before the podcast. I mean, we should when even when Spanish people just go to the doctor, it's just because you're about to fucking die. <laughs> <laughs> you're at death's door. Yeah. Just yeah. don't know it. Yeah. yeah, pretty much. Like, I, you're pretty okay until the doctor tells you you're not. Yeah. And you're like, well, what did I do wrong? <laughs> Where did it all go wrong? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it went wrong years ago, but you were just ignoring the signs. <laughs> so, like, the check in United song, I just gonna put, you know, black duct tape on it. <laughs> I'm not even gonna pay attention. This makes. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. Like, if the car still works, it works, you know? It runs. As long as you're alive. <laughs> not sick till somebody tells you you yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah basically. Okay, you don't have one of them tags on your, on your, on your big toe on the foot. You're, you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Well, like, I guess like each one of us had gone through some sort of mental breakdown. Yeah. Uh, can you tell us about yours, David? Oh, my. Uh, I, I think my, my mental breakdown came, I mean, I, think I was 24 at the time. Actually, no, 23 going to 24. Um, there were a lot of things happening in my life. I mean, personally, like, 
Uh, first, I had dropped out of college. I, I, I didn't think I was going to be able to make it in life. Um, second, I mean, my relationship was in the, in the shambles. Uh, my, my relationship with my parents, I mean, my family wasn't in the best of conditions. Um, I think, uh, I mean, at that point, like, I had played so much with depression for a while that it just turned out into, um, it just turned into me just kind of coming up with, like, the worst coping mechanisms uh, when it came to, like, my mental health. I mean, I, I, I could, I, I could even, even to this day, I noticed when, you know, my mental health is, is going down the drain just because of the fact of how I speak. My my jokes become very dark usually when, when, when I'm getting to that point because it's like a cynical response from my own self because that's what I tend to do. I just I just go into like really dark jokes and you know you know, like under my breath I know it's not good, but that's how I start seeing it. And at that point in time, I mean, I wasn't I had gone through so much that I really didn't want to live anymore. I mean, and it was one of those things that you wake up and you, your life is chaos. And my life is a lot different now, per se, but, you know, sometimes I still crave that craziness of, like, having everything, like, being on fire all the time. Just because of that reason, like, I was so, so used to chaos, and I saw so much chaos in my life, and, like, my life was chaos at that moment. And one of the things was, I wasn't taking care of myself, my anxiety was through the roof. And my in my house, nobody suffers from anxiety, and Spanish people don't know what the fuck anxiety is. It's like, <laughs> how, how do you eat that with what it goes with, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> well, the thing I love about Hispanics is like, they don't believe in psychology, but they believe, believe in ghosts oh, and hey. spirits. And they oh, saw yeah. Jesus in the toast this morning, but they don't believe in that, you know what I mean? <laughs> So it's all those you things. Everything but psychology. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, Spanish people think the psychologists and psychiatrists they're all crazy. I mean, they are, but you know, I mean, <laughs> but they're less crazy. There's yeah, a exactly. to the madness. We we just, we just hate to take pills. That's all. I mean, <laughs> they go to the Bible for mental health. Take us about everything else. So like after everything kind of collapsed on you, what happened? So I I attempted to to end my life. Oof. So I, I did probably one of the worst possible ways and I ended up pushing it out halfway through it. I, I wanted to, I tried to slice my veins and that hurts like a motherfucker, <laughs> trust me. That's not the way that you want to try it. You know what I mean? Like, um, I'm not telling you to try it. I'm just don't saying, try it. yeah, do not try that. Please do not. If you um, listen to this, do not try help. it. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's just, it hurt too much. And I just decided to start cutting myself on, on my arms. like. Crazy! I just I literally lost my shit. I was like, I can't go too deep. Hurts too much, and like I just started cutting myself. And um, my best friend was on. She was on the phone with me at that moment. I mean, mind you, at this point, my relationship had kind of ended probably a few weeks before. Um, and I personally, um, I, I I was not in the best state. So my, my best friend, I mean, uh, she, 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 she suggested that I go seek some medical advice. And it was a weird experience altogether. Like, I, instead of going somewhere that I was supposed to be good, I was going suicide watch, yes. Um, and I think it was, you see, I thought it was, it was a whole ride from there on. I'm not even gonna lie, because I always, I have this thing that things could be so messed up, bro. I, I, I'm always gonna try to find out one thing I could make fun of, or like I could find funny. I mean, like my my roommate in the room, she 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 was high as shit. She was at, <laughs> she was she was somebody that she used to take Xanax a lot, and like she looks at me in the room, she's like, "Hey, you wanna fuck?" I'm like, uh, "We're in a hospital in two. I don't fucking know you. Like, <laughs> calm the fuck down." Oh my um, god. Yeah. So she she was in the same room because we were both on suicide watch crazy thing that happened was that the place I ended up going to wasn't somewhere that it was somewhere that they had psychiatric patients it wasn't people it wasn't people that were suicidal or it wasn't people that was uh, depressed or anything like that or it was just somewhere that people that had real mental I think I think that's that's one of the things that helped me out realize my situation I wasn't as bad as other people you see, like, I got there, and, like, I think I'll be in school, uh, but, like, you're, like, cool, I'm gonna get some help, yay, 
I mean, mind you, it's it's been I spent eight thousand dollars over the course of one week just to be in the hospital, and I think it would have been a lot better for me just to go to like I don't know fucking Fiji or something like that, so that that way I, I could feel better because I probably all I needed was some a, a rest. But I get there and like, mind you, it's a mental it's a psych ward. So there is real crazy people in there. Oh uh, yeah, I work in one. Yeah, no, it was crazy. So it, it's it's. <laughs> so I get there the first night. There's a lady screaming, and she's having like this this mental like psychiatric like shit going on, and like she's there. So the roommate starts screaming, you know, because the lady's stuffing socks on her on her vagina on her pussy because. <laughs> Apparently, what? Jesus Christ told her that she was going to bear the next Savior. So, like, that was night one. Mind you, I was there for a whole week. <laughs> so, I'm there. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Mind you, I already have my anxiety and all the other shit. <laughs> it's so tired. Yeah, and, like, now it's to the roof because, like, I can, like, legit, legit feel myself just being there. And, like, I was there. And even crazier, so... Uh, so I go to grab some some food, right? This guy. So, so at that moment, I there was one of the shootings that had happened, and the guy used an AR. And, no, it uh, was an AR. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's a it's a assault rifle. Oh. It's a, mm. Yeah. No, no so. Bueno. Yeah, it's uh it's it's usually it's basically I think the highest caliber that you could get here in this country, like legally, is a semi-automatic weapon. So you can actually get that here legally. I think I could go to New Hampshire and buy one. Uh, There's all that. Yeah, yeah, definitely with the whole pandemic and everything. (laughs) Antifa, you're gonna get shot. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So, um, so one of the things that happened there. So one of these guys approaches me, right, and he's like, "Hey, man," he had he had like a like like a a bit like a a Jamaican accent. I don't I don't know where where he was from, but he's like, "Hey, man, you know what? I can help you out with." uh, with weapons, I'm like, why? What, what? What the fuck? Like, you know, like really? So, he draws a weapon, like on a piece of paper, and he he slides it to me on the table, and he's like, I'm a weapons trafficker, man. <laughs> and I'm like, they're like, what the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it was it was it was pretty pretty funny. I mean, at that experience, I mean, there was a, an experience that somebody lost their shit. And like it was kind of violent, but I guess that I had this vibe that I calmed people down for some reason. So like the guy was like going crazy, and like he just looked at me, and then he's like he was like this, like holding his fist out, and then he just turned around. So like it was it was pretty pretty entertaining. Like the time that I was there, like I don't know, but that that, that was my experience with a mental breakdown. I mean. I, after that, it's, it's just taking one step at a time, you know, to fix my life, to fix everything, because that's how we fix things, you know, it's just working on what we have in front of us, yes, there's going to be a, there, there's a, a, a road to recovery, but it's it's just one step at a time, I mean, as long as you do that, you should be fine, I mean, because we all have things, right? But yeah, how about your experience, how, how was your experience, guys? I would say, Jay, you should probably go next. Bad idea. I know, I know. Too many. Just tell us about one. Overall, pick one. (laughs) Okay, pick one. What was was your last one? (laughs) Okay, let's go with the Last week? No. Uh, I've had too many mental breakdowns. I think I've never had the structure needed to maintain mental stability for very long. Um, I think the worst point... I've ever gotten to as well as probably trying to hang myself because I couldn't deal with being alive about for a long time I just felt numb like you wake up you feel nothing you get on I'm a big gamer for Korean games you get on and you feel nothing you don't enjoy what you're doing anymore and you're just doing things uh, mechanically at one point you get up you play you go eat because you have to, not because you want to, and you continue just living like that. I think it's like a routine. Yeah, I was doing it not because I wanted to do it, but because it was what, you what I knew how to do. Yeah, that was my function. 
I think that would be, uh, I think, my worst, my worst mental breakdown. I think that's when I just was like, okay, fuck this living thing. This thing doesn't work anymore. Um, I never seeked help. I sort of have always had a, a group of people around me who know how to pick me up. Uh, D and E, D especially, have known how to pick me up each time. See, I have an unhealthy way of pick, picking people up. It's by food. and Yeah, you have no idea. Like Sometimes we, I had to go to his house and drag him out of bed because he, he got so bad yeah. that he yeah. had a hard time getting out of bed. I could see like in his face that like, he was just like... Done. Existing was hard. Yeah. And I get it. It's uh, hard. Currently, with the COVID stuff going on, with the way America's doing, I haven't been feeling my best. It takes a lot some days to get up, get out and see my friends, for example. You you drag yourself out, but you do it because you don't, you don't want to let the pressure win, and you don't want to go back to living the way you used to live. It's sort of a battle every day. Um... I don't know, it's still hard for me to really open up and talk about how I feel, so this is kind of a impromptu way of me doing it. <laughs> yeah, yes. no, you're doing good. It's, yeah. I don't, it's hard, I get it, like, just to, like, open up your feelings. Because you, you guys are used to, like, closing it in. It's like, oh, I do it by myself. This is, I guess I don't know how, how much you guys do it, but I'm a very, I, I'm very solitary with everything. Like, I'll go off on my own. Um, it takes a lot for me to, to reach out to people. Of course. Because yeah. it's... I've only, I, I know how to deal with me alone. I don't know how to deal with me through other people. That is one of the biggest challenges I deal with every day. Um, think about sort of... There's always a voice in the back of your head telling you, go be alone. Like, if I get called for a hangout, for example, I'll say yes, but there will always be the, in the back of my mind, like, no. So it's, it's a constant struggle for me to... Uh... And I, I think in my experience, uh, the, the voice is always going to be there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's really always going to be there. I mean, even when you treat yourself the nicest, this that word that tells you that you're a fuck-up or... Yep. You know, it tells you that, hey, you know, why don't enjoy this for too long because shit's going to go sideways. Yep. And you keep on getting that voice, but it's about finding a medium to mute that voice. I mean, where, you know, you kind of succeed. I mean, I personally, one, one of the things that I, uh, I learned, I mean, over time, because I think ever since I, uh, I had that, that last that was the last straw and I didn't want to be in that situation anymore and I learned that by doing the things that you don't want to do you tend to grow more yeah. and that's going to help you out essentially because if you it mutes that voice you know in a way because when the voice tells you you know you're a bag of shit and you have to stay here and you should stay in your bed and don't don't get up and you know and everything's going to go south and whatever you turn it's going to turn into shit that's when you have to start doing the opposite of what the voice is telling you. You start, you have to start creating action. I mean, that's one of those things that I personally, like, I always, I think that's one of the reasons why I don't pray. Because I think, I, I think action is more than wishes, you know what I mean? It's, it's more like, yeah. you want things to happen, I mean, there is a way to make them happen. It's just, you gotta, you know, say, hey, you have to, you know, write things down. That's all I do. But put that commitment that you want to do better. And, like, it, it takes time. I mean, trust me, I'm not saying that I have the best time in the world all the time. But it's it's one of those things that I, I, I think as a coping mechanism, whenever that voice goes out and starts talking, I'm like, fuck that voice. I have to, like, work in the opposite way uh, to make it, you know, not be like that. Um... So, I think it's about challenging it every day. Of course. Yeah. You challenge it because you, you have to be louder than it or it wins. Of course. I mean, that's one of the, I think that's one of the reasons why anxiety is so big because people don't challenge themselves enough. It's one of those things that you are afraid to talk to people. What I do for work, I'm a, being a car salesman, I remember my first car. 
the first time that I sold a car, I not only was I on medication for my anxiety, but also I couldn't even talk to the person that was in front of me. And it kind of, it has kind of helped me quite a bit to try to elaborate conversation and push myself and do certain things. But it's because I'm, I'm only good at certain things because I have, you know, exhausted every single possible way of doing it. You know what I mean? And anxiety, like, that's one of those things that cause anxiety in people. When they haven't done something, like, let's say, does it make you anxious to think about jumping off an airplane to, like, parachute or skydive? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But to the guy that has done it 150 times or 200 times, are you thinking scared about doing it? It's just another day. Exactly. It's just another day. Yeah. It's, it, we essentially... One of the things I learned from Dr. Jordan Peterson is we have to face those fears every single day. We have to tackle them a bit more. Yeah, we have to fight the dragons. Yeah. Thanks. Oh, wait, you you, you, you heard him? Yeah. Uh, Jordan Peterson? Yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, we, we were talking about it for years. Like, um, <laughs> I, compared to you guys, I didn't have, like, a sudden mood swing. It was kind of like this slow creep where my brain kind of split into two people. There was, like, me, the automaton, and me, the actual human being. I know sometimes it got to the point where like, I, I slowly started self-destructing. In the sense like I would work extra hours, I would do everything I could to not be home. Uh, I put myself in like these stupid situations. I remember there was this one time where I had like enough money to, uh, to buy like the healthy drink versus the unhealthy one. And I was, I, I consciously thought like, I'm gonna get the healthy drink. I want to get the healthy drink. And then I ended up walking with the unhealthy one. Like, kind of like, my, the body was driving itself. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you're doing things and you don't even realize you're doing them. Yeah. Of course. And uh, I know, like, I had to have, it, was, it got so bad that, like, people around me started seeing, like, you're looking very pale, your lips are losing color, mm-hmm. what's going on? And it took that intervention for me to just say, oh, shit, something's wrong, let me take a step back. And slowly try to fix it, and I've been on that road. I, I, it got to the point where like I had to spend, hundred fifty dollars to talk to a psychiatrist for like an hour. It was uh, this guy from Australia, who was willing to give me like that hour and fifty minutes at three a.m. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And and I remember around that time, I was like, shit, if I go, the whole house goes with me, because um, at the time I was working two jobs because I wanted to buy a house and save up. Luckily, like, I managed to save, so this COVID thing hasn't been too much of a mental strain because I know I have the backup, thanks to, like, that experience. But at the time, I, I kind of realized, like, if I go, like, my sisters do some emotional support. Like, my dad couldn't watch TV for a full two weeks because I wasn't there to fix it. <laughs> it got that bad in the house. And it's just like, shit, I need to take care of me so that the house doesn't go. Because mm-hmm. if I go, I want to make sure everything stays intact. That's just how I saw it. It's like, well forced me to start recovering yeah yeah i got i got a question even though i'm your sister um when you have like you know you have you have to take care of so many people does that affect you like a lot like like anxieties like you you think differently or something well yeah i have to think i have to think make it like every choice i make i have to make sure i make them with you guys in mind Mm -hmm. it's not it's not like uh it's not like I can't be a bit deadbeat brother. Well, I could just go to a fucking bar and get myself wasted and come back expecting for things to be like normal. No. Yeah, because you're like a parent, so you're just... I have to be a parent to my parents because <laughs> they're not self-reliable. They're not self-reliant. Yeah. But I had a... It, it kind of sucks because a lot of my depression comes from like have, getting that extra responsibility where I never got to be a kid. I felt that. Oh, I feel that so bad. Yeah. I, I can't yeah. relate to that. <laughs> yeah. I remember, um, like, back when I was going through the recovery process, uh, I, w- I was going to Walmart because I started collecting cars around that time, and I felt like such an idiot. Because, like, I'm this grown-ass man. Why the fuck am I collecting cars? And I ran into this 70-year-old dude with his wife. He's like, you're holding a classic there, kid. Hey. <laughs> and I don't know, but, like, that silly connection made me feel so much better. Yeah. Yeah. And for you, Jay, like, I know you're in a relationship, so, like, that's probably a lot of anxiety, like, you have to be one with a person. It's more like you have to carry a person, 
Yeah, like um, every decision you make carries somebody else in mind, and you can't like I can't. You're not driving. Somewhere. Take a job tomorrow in Korea and be like, all right, peace. <laughs> I have to think about who's around me, who I have with me, who I'm with. Yeah. Um. So sometimes, honestly, I wish I could just make that decision and just fuck right out of anywhere, just go. Well, you can go. I'm pretty sure Ash will follow. Uh, maybe. What do you mean? But you can't uproot somebody like that. No. No. It's hard for... It'd be unfair for you to believe that somebody would uh, blindly follow you because that would mean that the person has no aspirations and goals of their own in mind. Yeah. You you always got to think, if I leave, will they follow, not they will follow. Yeah. I I agree entirely. Yeah. It's it's harder to think... uh, of what your next move is when your next move involves another person. It's always easier to make your next move by yourself. Yeah, 100%. And that's one of those things, like, I, that's, that's why I think I'm very focused on what I'm doing now, I mean, because I know that right now I have that flexibility. You know what I mean? Like, oh, it's, it's cool. Like, uh, I've been here to, to, you know, in the spot till the money runs out. I could, like, move anywhere else. I could do anything <laughs> I want. I mean... Uh, I, I have that luxury of like knowing that tomorrow I could go anywhere with a pen and I'll have a job because I know what I do is, is good work. I mean, it's not, it's, it takes talent and I'm able to do it, but it's one of those things that could put strain on the person right next to you quite a bit because a lot of, we're creatures of habit. I mean, and we like to be stable. We like to know that everything's going to be fine. And it could put a lot of work uh, on somebody else. Um, like my my last relationship almost uh, almost ended just because I almost went to Amherst. So like to UMass Amherst, which is like two uh, an hour and a half away from here, two hours, and like that was just almost enough to like end it. You know what I mean? Like, um, but it's one of those things. Like I I understand when you're in a relationship. Like it's not just yourself. It's uh, it's it's weird to 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 believe that you're two sides of the same coin, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, where you got, you got, you got to, to see from your perspective and their perspective because that could, that could cost a lot, you know what I mean? It's hard when you wanna, when you and the person are actually not seeing the same goal. Of course. Uh, that's probably where the relationship takes the most strain, I know mine. Uh, almost went down because we were both working opposite schedules so we would not see each other or if we saw each other it'd be like at the end of the day when you're just pissed off at the world after the work day <laughs> yeah. so you just didn't want to see each other you're just like oh what up okay I'll go this way you'll go that way yeah. I'll do my thing I'll have my own dinner you have your own dinner and for a long time my relationship was that I would come home um, I would chill for a bit and then I'd go to sleep and then she'd come home much later and then she'd probably eat and go to sleep. Uh, my relationship has gotten better post-COVID actually than it was pre-COVID. Yeah, because you guys got to spend a bit more time together. Than yeah. Like yeah, I actually talked to each other. It's yeah. The hard part in a relationship is like, you could talk, but if there's no comprehension, it just goes well, down the drain. When there's no comprehension, it feels that even when you want to have a conversation, it's, it's forced. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. It's like... And or you feel that you're gonna have to deal with the repercussions of it because there's no communication. And yeah. That's not good. I've been in that situation. I mean, I think that's. I I think, I think part of the reason why our relationship went downhill was because, I mean, I, I was in a process. I was already healing, but she would not open up. She was going through her own struggles. Yeah. Like, yeah, I I could relate to that. Like, I feel like if you don't love yourself, if you're not mentally financially mentally able just just be by yourself it's, it's it's tough because when somebody doesn't love themselves doesn't doesn't matter how many flowers you get doesn't matter how much chocolate covered strawberries you get yeah. or doesn't even matter you know even if you fucking make try to feel them like you know like they're a king or a queen you know what i mean it's just it's just not gonna happen you can give because them the world because the person doesn't see it themselves. Yeah. And when the person doesn't see it themselves, it's just, it's very hard to deal with because you become miserable by trying to make them happy. Yes. And yeah, it could be a lot. 
your your efforts definitely go unnoticed sometimes, and it is it is demoralizing to say the least. Um, when you're with a person and you you see all the good, and you see all the potential, but they themselves don't see it, that is of course demoralizing. Yeah, of course. Because you're putting a lot of effort into that. Yeah, because you only want the best for them. You know what I mean? Like that's one of the things. I mean, I think the people that I have around me. Whether I'm in a relationship or not, or like, or even if I just met you, I in you cut. I had this thing that if I don't, if a person doesn't strike me from the person that we meet, whether it's because they're funny or because they're a certain way or because they have a you know crazy work ethic or they, they there has to be something. If I cannot click with you, I usually I I know that we're not gonna be friends, and. You know, it's one of those things. And the moment that I meet people I, I and I get to know them a bit, I want the very best for them. Like, because of the fact that you never know who's in front of you. You never know even if they're going to be successful or not, whether they are su- successful or not, you want them to, to be good. And, I mean, that's just me. Yeah. And, like, even when, when you're in a relationship, it's even worse because you want that person to be as successful as they can because... Kind of, they represent you, and you represent them. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> it's hard, especially when that when that's the case when you when you're wanting that person to just shine the brightest they can, and you just you see it and they don't, and it's. I think that's one of the most frustrating things in a relationship oh, when you yeah. when you see the shine that they don't. Yeah, of course, because they beat themselves over the things that they haven't managed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Versus being happy about the things that they are able to manage, you yeah. know what I mean? So, yeah. I kind of see it, like, um, I, I see it with a lot of my sisters, kind of how they compare themselves with, like, Instagram models and things like that all the time. I know uh, for uh, my younger, my younger sister, it's gotten really bad, where she, she's starting to call herself Bob. So she doesn't have to, like, live up to, like, this imaginary feminine, feminine ideal. That's true. Like society has put a lot of pressure on women to look ideal, to be like the perfect housewife. But like, I realize it's like, hey, if you're yourself, you're beautiful, and it just it takes a lot to to take that aspect yeah. in your mind out. Because you know, what the thing is about that, I don't think it's so much society that has put that on women as much as it is other women having put that as a standard and men too men so really so a lot of the time i think i've had uh, talks with some friends where i'll tell them like why all the caked on makeup on women facts oh like you know you come home and you see your lady take off all this makeup and you're like that's a scam <laughs> and I'm not saying my girl I think my girl is the most beautiful girl in the world that's that's just it for me I can verify by that but why cake on all that makeup what is what are you trying to prove some of us I put makeup to make myself feel good about myself it's like artwork you know how you're driving a canvas but I usually don't wear makeup but some other people think they need to hide themselves on all the makeup, you know? And that's fine and good, but I feel like that's where the societal standard came from. The, yeah, but this is the thing. I think it's, it comes from everybody trying to portray the, the most beautiful or the most uh, attractive self rather than showing who they are. Yeah. Like, I have this thing that I you could be dropped there gorgeous and I will not fucking talk to you if I know that you have a shitty eye. Not even shitty. I, I, I just personally, I have this thing for some reason. Like, personality strikes me a lot more than physical beauty because, you know, honestly, I, I, I call myself, myself the sexiest man in the world, but... And everybody that knows me, they, they know that. I, mean, I, I, tell, I, I, I can call any one of my friends and they're like, what's up, sexy bees? I'm like, yes, I'm fucking sexy. Yeah. Like, everybody knows that. But it's one of those things. Like, I, when I was younger, I never perceived myself as handsome or, or a nice-looking guy or anything like that because I was fat. And, like, so to me, like, it's not just about the outside beauty because the outside is going to get old. I'm fucking growing white hairs at... Like, that's one of the reasons why I have to get a haircut, like, almost every two weeks. 
that yes, I don't want to see the white hairs, but this this is gonna age. This is gonna change, and like it's one of those things that like, when you don't have the looks, what is there to you? You know what I mean? And that's that's one of the things that strike me the most. You could be gorgeous, but who the fuck are you? Like what what are you made of? Are you made of of everything that you they tell you that you have to be like? Or are you made of of who you are yourself? And, you know, if you are, if you're made of yourself, let that flourish. Like, that's going to call my attention a lot more than any, 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 like, however you look. You can fucking go do your ass, tits, whatever. That's not going to call my attention. It's just, it just doesn't. Like, show me the real person that you are. Yeah. Like, I'm not trying to... I'm not trying to look at somebody and be like, holy shit, I have a plastic, you know, fucking Build-A-Bitch, you know, from the store. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> yeah, like, I, I, I don't, you don't need that in your life. Like, what the fuck? I mean, why? Because you want to show other guys that you have eye candy? You know why? Because, I mean, well, I know why. Because I think when it comes to guys, guys fall a lot because of looks. Girls fall a lot because of what they hear. No, that's so, sh- so true. Yeah, that's that accurate. <laughs> yeah, so it's uh, it's it's one of those things that I personally it's, it's just you could you could wear all the makeup shit you could be wearing the craziest clothes you could be fuck they could be made for a fucking king or a queen and I, I just doesn't doesn't call me I mean like unless. If you if the way that you are outside is as striking as the way that you are inside, then Jesus Christ, I'm all in. But <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. Rarely do those two meet up. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. barely. I mean, it's just it's it's unconceivable. I mean, like, I mean, and you know, like we all seen like the hot to crazy scale. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, we've all seen it. Yeah, yeah we've all seen it. So we all know how it goes. So, you know, the hotter they are, the crazier they are, and yeah. that's fine. I mean, but you know. <laughs> I know uh, I know for a lot of guys recently it, there's been this whole I wanna call it like this mental sickness of you either a billionaire or you're bust. It was bust. Like, oh you're broke. You ain't shit. No yeah, you ain't shit. <laughs> so and it kinda I, I don't know where it came from, but it's this like this disease that kills you. Because it's, I think it's 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 a it's a man's way of trying to show other men that they have a bigger dick. That's that's all it is. It's a pissing contest. I mean, that's why people want to be billionaires. And it's like, okay. Like, I want to be a millionaire, but that's it has nothing to do with, with the fact that I want to show off being a millionaire. Now, honestly, I don't want to be a millionaire if I'm going to be fucking alone by myself 100% of the time and I'm going to be miserable. Because why? You know <laughs> what I mean? <laughs> like, why? Cause just because I want to say, hey, I have a huge bank account that has seven zeros attached to it? Fuck no. That's not why. I mean, uh, I just want to do it because I'm like, hey, you know what? Like, if I could get there in my life, that's great. That's why I got. I just got that shirt today that says "Millionaire in the Making." Uh, <laughs> so, it's like it's, it's like a lot of people, and, and that's what that, that's why a lot of people like they 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 always like saying like everybody wants to be an entrepreneur nowadays. Everybody wants to you know be this, be that. And it's like the only reason why you want to carry a title is because you feel that that's going to make you more comfortable with yourself. Not because it has any meaning to it. Money doesn't really have any meaning. Yes, it's a currency. Yes, we use it. Yes, I mean, it's good for a lot of things. I mean, but once you're like in that point of mind that you could literally buy everything and if you could have everything exactly how you want it every single day, what is the challenge in life? What, what's the point of it? This reminds me of um, there was this Russian philosopher who said that as soon as humanity reaches prosperity, the first thing it's gonna do is create chaos. And it's true, and I see it on a daily basis. You know, I I I work in the car industry, <laughs> the craziest fucking business that there has ever been bred in this country. I mean, why? <laughs> why? Because you have these kids that they never cracked twelve dollars an hour. And all of a sudden, you, you know, you, you give them fucking money. I mean, like, they've never seen it like this. They, they, shit, they don't know. I don't know people that they, I, I, I can't, I, I, don't, I don't know many of my friends that I can say, holy shit, he cracked 20 grand in a month. You know what I mean? Like, I, I at that, yeah, at that point, you stop relating to a lot of things because I was like, shit, you know what I mean? 
But <laughs> it's all those things. You get somebody that has nothing, everything, they're going to find a way to fuck it up. And trust me, I've been there. I have fucked things up. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, you know, being, 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 you know what I mean? Like young and at that point, I thought cracking five grand was a lot. And I was like, holy shit, I just cracked five. And, you know, fuck, being, being 22, making consistent X amount of money like that, you're like, shit, I could like buy anything. Like, and, and you just go into this habit of like, you realize essentially that money is not gonna bring you happiness. And that's where a lot of people really turn into like heavy drugs. And I've seen it uh, in the last few years. Like, I think some of my closest friends that I've gotten to meet are recovering addicts, you know what I mean? Because of the simple fact that at some point they, they, they were giving everything, they were giving the world and they didn't have the world before. And what happens is they, especially with men, Money can get to our heads very fast. Because oh, yeah. you're like, holy shit, I, I, I could walk in, bam, I could buy this, I could buy that, I could show up, I could buy a chain. I remember being 22 and buying like a fucking $2,000 watch just because. I, and then the same afternoon, I went and bought another $600 watch because I didn't want to wear the, 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 the $2,000 watch every day. Like, I was like, it was ridiculous. Why? Because that's what you do. You, you lose track of it. I mean, I, and I hate that. <laughs> it's not going to bring you anything. Yeah, you have to just peacock. Of course. <laughs> I, I, I peacock in other ways, but... Some <laughs> uh, <laughs> of those things, but... I do believe that it's a season in this country. Everyone wants to be a millionaire, and they feel fucking stupid when they're, they're not. I mean, they should, it shouldn't be like that. Like, feel happy with what you have. Whether... <laughs> whether whether you're you're rich or poor, I mean, just be thankful, be grateful. Man. Of course, you're 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 awake one day above ground. You know what I mean? Like anything could happen. Your life could change. I, it's gonna be hard for just anybody to appreciate something like that until they they have to face that critical moment. You know. Listen, I work in the health department, and unfortunately, I see a lot of death. And it's the scariest shit knowing that, hey, like, my time is not gonna, I'm not gonna be here tomorrow. That's, that's scary. Like, you think all the time you lost, you think of, oh, like, I should have fixed this relationship with this person. Or, like, you just think of all those little things that you could fix and you just don't appreciate, like, the little moments you have. Like, anxiety goes through the roof after that. Like, you start, like, nesting. Like, you give everything away. Like, I've seen it. It's, so crazy like tomorrow's never promised i said just do it go for it of course you you gotta do what you have to do i mean it's why why i was saying my father today i'm like we we're all worried about mom but you know like anything could happen i could be driving home right now and die on the way home you never fucking know you know what i mean like maybe she's gonna outlive me or anybody else in my family you know what i mean it's like you just gotta be thankful for what you have. I mean, once you once you you realize that it's like, say you know, I like I said we're creatures of habit and we like to be comfortable and we like to have a lot of things that sh- we want them. When we have a good moment, especially as men, we try to preserve it for like as long as we can. Yeah. Because I think that's the only it's. It, it gives us a source of happiness because under the pressure that we're always on, you feel that that's the only thing that brings you stability. And, you know, like a, a happy family or a happy relationship or things. And when things are not are outside of that and you have no control over it, you, you obsess and you get anxious and you, and you, you lose it. But it's, it's all about realizing that, hey, I'm thankful because I have it today. I'm thankful that if it's not here tomorrow, I, I had the experience of it, and you know things could get better. And if they don't get better, I mean, <laughs> essentially you can you can only go to a bad streak for so long before it starts turning around. You know what I mean? It's Actually, like, yeah. You saw, said something interesting earlier, like the insane pressures that we're all men are currently on. Can yeah. Like, yeah. Elaborate a bit more on that, cause. Uh, that's, right. it, that's, that's a tough one because we all go through different type of pressures. I, you could like 
talk Boy, about buddy, it. Give us the, I just, you know, start start the conversation. I, I, I think I think uh, a lot of men are pressured that we have to, to be successful. Like, men, especially in our culture, were the ones that went out to work every day. Were the ones that fed the family. Were the ones that, you know, are supposed to have all the shit together, you know. Money should be an issue for us. I mean, that's something that I think our parents fucking force onto us. Like, if you're a man, you have to have money. You have to have this. You have to have everything nice and tidied up to a certain way. I mean, it's like you, you. It's it's like and they they are like, hey, you're supposed to do this, but nobody teaches you how to do it, and that's when the pressure really sets in, because I think for men it's like a time clock when you don't necessarily become successful right away. And that's why I think a lot of people give up after the first try and everything because they feel that if you're not successful right from the get, you're just being a failure, you know what I mean? So I think we're under a lot of pressure all the time, especially because we are seen as the people that are, or the gender that is supposed to be controlling is the one that's supposed to be on top of shit. I mean, as far as, you know, Financially, the the man is the money maker, and you know, I I know that that has changed a lot in this generation. But you know, with the with my parents, it's a bit different because they my father my father is eighty years old. You know what I mean? So, I think for for an early life, it was more more like I have to you know do this and I had to do that and I had to like be perfect in a certain way just because otherwise I'm gonna be a failure. I mean and. You get yourself into a lot of things just because of that reason. And a lot of frustration comes from it because the reality is you're not going to be perfect right from the get. It's going to take trial and error. And, like, I don't think for us, especially in our culture, I don't think errors or failures are seen as being success. Because they, they expect you to do things, like, Automized. I mean, that's why when you fail at something, they tell you like fucking stop, just stop doing it, and like, and it's just very harsh. I mean, it's because at that point you just get desperate because you don't know what to do, and especially when the culture is different. I mean, me being first generation in this country, when the culture is different, I mean, what do you do now? I happen to been able to to listen to the right people and you know to in some way with my own cloudiness I was able to I don't consider myself necessarily successful I mean I, I done I don't give stuff I mean give money I mean I done I mean but I think as a man I lacked a lot of things for a while I mean this is part of that experiment of me trying to be a better man by learning how to do my shit on my own so that I could actually have be able to contribute once I have a family you know what I mean it's, it's one of those things but they, the pressure is on us to, to, be, to be number one and to, to do things to a certain perfection when we're, we're really not. I mean, everybody, it's a learning curve. Everything takes time. Everything is a learning curve. Of yeah, course. True. Yeah, but it's going to be hard telling that, let's see, that, that fresh face facing the world for the first time. Yeah. Like, it, you can't really tell them, like, it's okay to fuck up. No. no. No, of course not. Why would I? No. We're yeah. not allowed to fuck up. You're perf- you are perfection and you must see that through. Yeah. I feel like the biggest um the biggest disappointment uh that I ever did for my parents that day was uh, me deciding that I wasn't going to continue school. Uh I think that day my mother disowned me for a little while. She literally told me to my face that I remember when I got actually kicked out of high school for great behavior. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I remember you telling me that. Well, yeah, <laughs> she um, she literally when she found out, she started crying and said, "You're not my son. You know, I don't have no no fuck up sons." And from that day on, I, I learned that I I did not need to please my parents. That I was gonna do things because I wanted to do them. Of course. And I feel like in their eyes, at least for Hispanics. Um, don't know for any other ethnicity because I, I can only speak for my own. Uh, you'll never be that perfection. Mm-mm. Oh yeah. No. I feel like you'll if you're always trying to please your parent, 
you will never reach that pinnacle that they expect you to be because they're always going to take it a notch up. Of course. Yeah. If you become a millionaire, they'll be like, okay, so now make 10 million. <laughs> of course. If you make a billion, they're like, where's your 100 billion? Of course. And it's, it's one of those things, the easiest way for you to become upset at yourself or um, for you to be miserable is to try to please everybody else around you. I mean, because in all honesty, as much as we try to cater to everybody that we love and that we care about and that we want to be around, if you don't cater to yourself, it's just going to be a lot harder. Yeah. Because you're going to go into that that quietness. You're going to go into that craziness. Because you're, you're no longer thinking about what's good for Dave. What's good for for, 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 for or you, you're, you're thinking, well, I have to make them happy. And I have to make them, you know, feel proud of me. Because I also, like, you feel that that's just responsibility. You want to be... And it's one of those things, like I said, you, you have to be number one in the Spanish culture. Otherwise... Yeah. You're, if you're not number one, fucking you ain't shit. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's true. I mean, so the easiest way for you to be miserable is, is going to be to, like, try to cater try to, to everybody. Yeah, try to cater you. to everybody. You know, going back to the um, the mental breakdown thing that we started this whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, my, my most recent mental breakdown was at the beginning of this year where I... Shortly after having recovered from a surgery, which I know uh, you didn't know about, but these two knew about, I actually uh, drove to Indiana <laughs> with my truck, and I had just come. I had just been cleared to to move. Right. You remember? Remember that? Yeah, yeah. I had just been like, all right, take it easy. Oh, if you guys don't know, he got. I got in a fucking truck. Gaster five. Gaster bypass. And I drove to Indiana, and I didn't sleep on the way there. I just drove there. Yeah, and on the way there, that's a long drive. But yeah. I had the biggest realization of my life. What, what was it? What did you realize? I realized that I have a fuck ton of mommy and daddy issues. I totally felt that. I realized that my whole life, the whole reason that I acted out, that I was misbehaving, that I did all that was all because I seeked attention that I wasn't receiving from my parents. When we got to this country, we had actually come from affluence into total poverty because my parents owed a ton of money because of a failed business uh, back home. And from that point forward, I went from having the attention of my parents to being ignored because of work. It's not ignored because they wanted to, but because of necessity. They have to. Yeah. And from that moment on, I decided that any attention was good attention. Of course. So I acted out. I misbehaved. I purposely got low grades. I didn't try. You know, anything that would bring them to me was something that I that I stuck with. I noticed that getting good grades wasn't really a cele- like it wasn't celebrated in my household for whatever reason. So. It's because you, you were supposed to. You know, yeah, yeah, so whenever I you acted out, number one. <laughs> I noticed, yeah, I noticed, hey, I'm acting out. Oh, uh, they're here. <laughs> they're yelling at me, but they're here. <laughs> so I was like, let me do that some more. <laughs> it becomes like a negative feedback. And yeah. on the way back from Indiana, where I actually drove to, through the north of the United States back, so I saw Canada, all that. I remember my girlfriend and another girl that we were with, I call her Banana, were dead asleep. And I'm driving. It's the dead of night and I'm driving and I don't plan on stopping. And before I knew it, I was crying. I wasn't weeping. I wasn't, I was just tears without stopping. And I realized at that point that I was finally hitting some type of catharsis. What's catharsis? I'm sorry. Cathartic, catharsis is when you're finally feeling like you're, you're healing. Oh. You're feeling like you're you're finally you've let go of something that you've held on to for so long and you're ready for for healing. I feel like And for about three hours of nonstop driving, I just tears. And I haven't felt better 
since that breakdown, and I haven't felt more inspired to do shit in life since that breakdown. It's it's because I mean it it does take a while for for us for things to click in. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like sometimes I, I I I notice it even with my behavior. Like when I go out of bounds, I'm I'm glad that I have a really good support. I mean, with my friends, I mean they slap me back into shape sometimes, <laughs> <laughs> and I need that, and everybody needs it. That's why like a, any coaching that you could give me, I'm willing to take. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I know that I I. I am myself. I when I'm full, David is fucking stupid. Yes, uh, David uh, could make some decisions. Like actually, that's why I have two personalities. I have Dave Miranda and Dave Wayne. I mean, I think Dave Wayne is the business crazy like genius, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Dave and Dave Miranda is just a simple kid, you know what I mean? And like the the way that I was able to differentiate is the same way, man, you know. I was like it took me a while for me to understand like, hey, you have to make the that the, the separation between the two. Yes, I mean, but who are you? You know what I mean? Like are you like this guy that are you doing things because you want to do them or are you do them are you doing them because you're trying to impress other people? And that's when I realized, oh shit, I've been trying to impress people for a while, you yeah. know what I mean? Once you start realizing that you need to do things for yourself, that's when life finally starts clicking. And I feel that that's when adulthood is finally starting to slap you. When you finally realize that you're doing things because of you mm-hmm. and not because you're trying to impress everyone on the outside. That's when you're exactly starting to get your priorities straight. Of course. Yeah. But it takes a while. It and does. I think it's, it's, men don't really talk about that healing. I mean, because a lot of men don't get that healing. They just yeah. keep on going yeah. on life with cruise control on. They keep on letting it pile up. And I mean, I am proud to say that at 27 years old, I finally had my tantrum and I, I got it over with and I, <laughs> yeah. I've never been better. Yeah, it took a while for him to get there. Yeah, but everybody needs that moment. It's okay to feel. Uh, <laughs> Tell that to a Hispanic household. <laughs> Tell that to, like, say that to a straight face, like any other guy. We don't like being vulnerable. I noticed, well, I work in the health community. I noticed when I approach men for help, they're like, no, I got this. Like, back off. And I, they, they struggle. I'm like, hey, I'm here to help you. I'm just your extra pairs of hands. You get me? And they're like, no, get out. Like, Get out my face. They're very defensive. I of course. Well, we have to be because if you think about it, like we have to be the ones in total control at all times. So that's how we were brought up. Yeah. yeah. But so, like for like the younger or people going through this, like what advice would you give them? It's like. What advice would I give them? Mm-hmm. Learn to feel sooner rather than later. You will succeed a lot faster. Yeah. Keep, um, keep it simple, stupid. Yeah. Just keep keep it simple, stupid. Like, yeah. You know the thing is. You're not a perfectionist. Mm-hmm. If you're trying to, perfectionism only reveals your insecurities, you're never going to be perfect. And even if you think that you're remotely perfect, there's a lot more things to work at. So you nobody has life figured out. Nobody has life. I, I haven't even figured out life myself. I just, <laughs> sit, I just sit here and like, I, you know, like the last few days I've been like, holy shit. Like, yeah, you moved on your own. This is great. Now what? What? So even if you can't, don't you know? It's just, just just be happy. You know what I mean? Like don't worry about it. I mean, are things gonna happen? Yes. Are is life gonna go sideways, upways, downways, everywhere? Yeah, it will. It's just be comfortable with change. Be comfortable with opening up and staying real to yourself. Yeah. For me, I would say to guys two things. One is don't let anybody compare to shit. Like, don't be compared to shit on a dick 24-7. Like, drown out those noises. Because I don't know why, like, from parents, from other people who don't know you, they like to compare you like to the ideal. Of, of course. Yes, so, I'm... like, just, just drown out those voices. And, number, and, <laughs> and the other thing I would say is if you have to make a choice, just make a choice. Yeah. It doesn't matter if it's good or bad. Just make the choice. Don't fall asleep on the wheel. Yeah. I mean, whether 
whatever choice you make doesn't whether you think it was a good one or it was a bad one you made it you made it and not only that it's like even if you think even if you if you did x decision instead of y decision don't think about what if you if you were with x don't think about what y would have been you know what i mean like, yeah don't dwell yeah if you dwell that's that's only gonna it's cancer it's, it's gonna kill you mentally because you're always going to think, oh, shit, it could happen this way or it could happen that way. Be be comfortable with what you have. You know, be gracious about everything you have. Yeah. Because, hey, you don't know what, how long it's going to be here. You don't know uh, if you're going to have this chance again. So be content. Be content with life. I mean, and just, just go for it. I mean, follow what you want to do. I mean, even if it doesn't sound like what everybody agrees with. Just do it. Oh, uh, yeah. No matter what, you're going to be eating shit. Yeah. You might as well eat shit on your own terms. Of, of course. Yeah. yeah. Ramen noodles don't taste that bad. Trust me, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm living on a ramen noodle diet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she is. I mean, I've done good stuff and I've done bad stuff to get there. Yeah. I think this is like a really good moment to just end the episode today. Yeah. Of course, definitely. Yeah, Let's tune in for like the next episode. Stay close, and we're gonna be recording more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So Yay, thank you. This has been episode two of D D and D and J. J. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Bye bye.